Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Full Steam Ahead. Uh, if you missed us, we had a little bit of an off day yesterday, but we are back with you guys uh, coming off a disappointing series with the Braves and the opening act of a series with the Minnesota Twins and a new homestand. Uh, but we are here. We're with you today. We're going to break down that series, re, uh, kind of recap game one of the Minnesota series and preview the, the rest of it. Uh, and a little, of course, around the league, Astros roundup, the whole nine yards. Just another day in paradise. Lorenzo, you were on a little bit of a vacation, so you kind of saw it bits and pieces. But overall, the Astros dropped two of three to the Braves. What's your one word for that series? Uh, battle. It was a battle against one of the best teams in baseball, especially the Atlanta Braves, how hot they're playing at the moment. And, yeah. I mean, we've got a dose of that going into Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, seeing how we could go against them. And I even said it ourselves, that's probably going to be the toughest opponent we're going to see throughout this, you know, any of the season and see, you know, how we're going to play come playoff time. Because, of course, we're not going to be playing these sub-500 or below 500 winning percentage teams. And with the Atlanta Braves, how hot they were, you know, they pitched Kyle Wright, who's been having a good season. Spencer Striders have been having a, a phenomenal season. And then uh, Sunday, of course, Charlie Morton, you know, Charlie Morton doing Charlie Morton things. We've seen him. We've played against him as well. And, um, you know, it was a battle between both competitive teams. And unfortunately, the Braves looked better than us. But at the same time, too, we had our opportunities. We just didn't, um, you know, connect on him. Yeah, you know, that's kind of how I felt. And at the end of the day, I really it's not like the Braves outclassed us in any of mm -hmm. you know in either of the losses or or, or you know, even the win. Um obviously the scorecard for Friday night looks a little lopsided that six to two figure, but really I it didn't it, it was a closer game than that. Um and of course Saturday with the walk-off. Um I, I, I think that this was a good we should come off this with a with a pretty positive spin. You know, you you don't win every three game series. You're gonna lose some. Exactly. Um, and I think this is one of the best teams in baseball. And the Astros, we should be content with the fact that a we were playing with a little bit of a banged up team on the road at the end of a road trip. There's not a lot. I mean, I I, I don't think there's any need to overreact. And I really haven't. I don't think anyone is overreacting to that series. Uh, really, all said and told. But, yeah, it, it just kind of was unfortunate the way it shook out. And really, it started off with a, a crazy game Friday night. Uh, a little bit of everything. Um, Lance was back on the mound making his second start. And, you know, something we talked about in the preview for this series was, hey, Lance is actually facing a good lineup. Uh, he might get tagged up a little bit. And and he did. He gave up seven hits and three earned runs over five innings pitch. But all those runs came off of one home run. To Austin Riley in the third. So overall, I was pleased with with Lance's performance. Yeah, like we said before, I think it's just going to take some time to get back into the groove again. Yeah, and especially against a team in Oakland. I mean, they're not the best team. They're obviously one of the worst teams in baseball right now. And that we both had said, Atlanta's going to be his test. Really, you know, his big test to see where he's at. Obviously, like you said, that one bomb to Austin Riley, who hasn't been having a great month of August but is still a dominant hitter and can hit for power. And obviously he did that in that third inning, uh, giving up that bomb. But yeah, I agree. I think Lance did a pretty well job against a, you know, a good competitive team like Atlanta, but you know, you just got to tip your cap and just move on. Hopefully the offense helps you. Yeah. And, and you know, the offense, I mean, like you mentioned, we're going to going up against Kyle Wright, who at the time 
was sharing the league lead in wins, um, has had a phenomenal season, has a great, you know, baseball story. He was in A ball last year at this time, AAA, and then he was closing out the World Series. Um, so or pitching the World Series, and here he is again with 15 wins. Um, and, and and he pitched really well. He was very effective for the Braves. He went six innings deep, gave up six hits, uh, two runs. Tucker, I think, was the only Astro that got an extra base hit off of him, getting that homer mm-hmm. and a double. So I mean, and a you know Tucker seeing the ball well is always nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and you know that's the Astros scratched those across in the fifth, and it was a three-two ball game going in going into the finale. There, um, the offense didn't capitalize on some earlier opportunities. One for seven with runners in scoring position, five men left on base. Um, Tucker and Altuve both went two for four. It was rough night. It was a rough series for Jeremy Pena. It was a rough series for him, despite his home run on, on Saturday. Um, Friday and Sunday, Pena just looked lost. Uh, Friday he was zero for four with three with three strikeouts. It was not great. Um, he left two, two men on base himself, and that was just kind of the story of the game for the offense. Um, but kind of the real the the big story coming out of a Friday night's game was in the middle of the fifth inning. When they, with the Astros on defense, when Jordan takes himself out of the game, there was, I think, a foul ball off of the foot, and then in the you know little timeout, he comes running off the field into the dugout, and then if you're following on 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 TV or on Twitter, everything's just no one really knows what happened. Uh, eventually, EMTs rushed over, went down to the dugout, and he was even taken to the hospital. It was a pretty scary scene. Yeah, I mean, I was got a notification that had said the same thing. And then I look on, you know, Astros Twitter, of course, has always, you know, keeps updating everything like that was going on. And like you said, EMTs were rushing over and that's not a good sign. You don't no. you don't want to hear something like that happen. And then later being taken to the hospital, that's like something major seriousness. And um, luckily enough for everything that came back normal and, you know, he was OK. But I mean, it was a very scary situation right there because that would have really hurt us big time yeah and he had and later on dusty was saying you know, obviously he couldn't share the details but everything came back normal whatever nothing to be concerned about and his indication seemed to be that it was the fireworks that they set off in in the stadium in atlanta uh whenever there was a home run or whenever they struck an astros player out and it was wow. apparently very humid friday night and so like the smoke mixing with the humidity was just like hard on like the lungs and that your Don must have just had a hard time with it. Um, which, you know, who knows, but gratefully the good news is that uh, he, he was out of the game Saturday. They kept him out as a precaution, but he was back in the lineup on Sunday um, and everything seems to be okay. But it was definitely, it was definitely a scary moment there for a little bit. Yeah. My heart was racing as soon as I was seeing everything like that going. I was like, this cannot be happening because he is like one of the top three MVP finalists for that award and for you know he's been hot this whole season right now of course he's going through a slump and you know a little slow and everything like that but that is a big bat in that lineup and oh, for yeah. something major for him to be out of that lineup for a while that really is gonna hurt us but I didn't I didn't even know that the Braves do fireworks after every strikeout I thought that was that's kind of weird because I'm I don't think any you know home team at their ballpark would do fireworks after a strikeout. Yeah, that, that's what they said. That's that's what Dusty said, and that's what I, I think I saw Chandler Rome uh, tweeted that as well. Um, but oh well, you know, obviously things look look better. 
but kind of the another another storyline that continued Friday night is a really disturbing trend that we and we talked about the last couple episodes a couple episodes it seems like it's become more and more of a topic and that's the reality that the bullpen is struggling the bullpen is struggling they struggled against Atlanta they struggled last night against the Twins uh, they struggled against Oakland they struggled against Chicago obviously it was really bad in, in Chicago um and Friday night was no different this time it was Phil Maton on deck uh Maton had a very rough outing one inning pit one inning pitch three hits three runs it was rough, um, just rough, rough, rough in, in, in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, like I said, in the, in the fifth, the Astros had tied it up. And not tied it up, come within one run. We got a 3-2 ball game, very much still in it. Uh, and then Maton gives up three in, in, the, bottom of the, in the bottom of the sixth. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That was the ball game. You, you kind of knew after that point that with that Maton meltdown, there, there, there was no coming back from that. And it's just it's a frustrating it's a frustrating trend that's becoming more common for this team. Yeah, like we were talking about the whole time this season. I mean, they've been the best bullpen this season. Uh, obviously, we didn't really need to acquire any bullpen arms at the deadline, other than giving away you know Jake Lorenzi for Will Smith, which is you know like I said, that's a fair trade. Obviously, it's showing right now. And but like right. you're saying, right, like you're fans. saying too, you know, bullpen is really getting taxed i think they're getting tired i think you know when the roster stretches to i believe what 40 or because right now it's at 38 right now it's at 26 and it'll go to 28 on september 1st. Oh, 28. you say i got my numbers mixed up anyway they're expanding the roster so i'm you know i'm pretty sure we'll see hopefully seth martinez come back up um and then obviously we'll talk about later on that they're going to go into a five-man rotation so possibility seeing either Javier or Katie Garcia being back there, you know, giving some more fresher arms for these guys. Enough rest days, too, as well, because, I mean, we're using Montero. I've seen we use Montero a lot. Uh, Stanek, of course, gets, you know, pitches a lot. Neris, Presley. So and I may maybe we need to add two more arms into that bullpen. But we we can't give away nothing about this bullpen. Of course, of course that. You know, they've had a great season. We cannot right. take that away from them. But right now, what where they're at, you know, I'm guessing their their arms are getting tired and their fatigue as well. You're coming from a 14 game um, you know, for, 14 consecutive games and yeah. getting that off day on Monday. So of course everybody's gonna be tired, but each game a bullpen piece is getting hit and run. So it's kind of getting to the point like, okay. What needs to be done? Is it something mechanically? Is it, um, you know, confidence level? Is it, you know, some type of situations that they can't build upon? It's getting kind of like at the point of hitting the panic button. But, of course, we're not going to be hitting the panic button right now until we continue seeing that trend. Yeah, and, and I think it's a combination of things. Like you said, the combination of the fatigue it's a com- combination of the confidence, and again, they were they were due some regression to the mean. Um, like statistically, it made more, it made sense that they were going to come back to earth a little bit. Um, and it's just kind of, it's it's kind of expected again. But a big part of it, a big part of of this problem is that 
The six-man rotation limited bullpen really only works if your starters are going seven innings. You know, or at least yeah. six. And and the starters have not been doing that. Uh, I mean, I I mean Friday night, McCullers went five, which again he's coming off an of injury. You know that that is what it is. Uh, against the White Sox. Uh, okay, not the Farmer game. What was the other one? The meltdown game. Luis game Garcia against had the White Sox. Yeah, Garcia went five. Um, game two against Atlanta. Javier went six in the bullpen. Oh, Javier yeah, went six, six, but that went into extras. That game ended up, ended up in extras. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you need you need your pitchers to go six, seven innings and take some of that workload off of the, off of the the bullpen. And I think, like you said, consistently having to come into high leverage situations like that that stresses the guys out, it fatigues their arms, and hopefully we get a little bit of a break from that yeah, here soon. Yeah, I think, you know, like we said, fatigue, it's 162 games in a season. Not everybody's going to be, you know, at sharp going at a .60 ERA. That is just right. crazy, you know. So, you know, pitchers are human. Everybody's human. We're all, They're all going to make mistakes. Um, like you said, we're all going to come back down to earth and be the – not. we're not a mediocre bullpen, but obviously, you know, we do make mistakes. And right now it's showing at the, in this month of August how the trend has been giving up a run, at least each bullpen arm. Yeah. Uh, but the Astros looked to bounce back on Saturday, and it, it looked like it was very tough going at first. Man, Spencer Strider is damn good, man. He, he was just he, – he was – he was phenomenal. Six innings pitched, three hits, one run, two two walks, nine strikeouts. Uh, I don't think he allowed a hit until the th- the like one out in the third inning. Uh, wow. The only run he gave up was a solo shot to Pena in the fifth that just barely got out to right field. Um, but but he was great. But on the other side, Christian Javier was just as good, if not better. Javi going six innings pitched, two hits, one earned run, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Uh, since the All Star break, Javier's got I think the seventh lowest ERA in all of baseball, like uh, one seventy five. Yeah, like yeah, it's something like that, I believe. I mean, it's a pretty damn good ER one point one point five zero one point fifty. I mean, yeah, that's he, even better. He's pitching his ass off right now. Yeah, and then you're going, you know, Julio Urias point seventy five, Chris Bassett point six nine, really nice. Um, Jordan Montgomery. I mean, who would have thought he's pitching at point three five coming, you know, from the Yankees to the Cardinals. So, I mean, these are pretty good names to be on the list with, even though, you know, Jordan Montgomery isn't one of the best names, but, you know, proving yourself, continuing to prove yourself. And he has a losing record. That's the most funniest thing about, you know, he's pitching his butt off, but he has a losing record. I mean, that's crazy. You should be with a three point, some three point ERA. You have a losing record. And you you have a pretty good high strikeout rate too, but I I called this I called this last preview that this game is going to be the best game out of this series, and it and really it was. was from Spencer Strider and Christian Javier, two young phenoms battling. I told you it was going to be a pitching duel, and you know I think it lived right until you know they took both of them out and then battle of the bullpens. Yeah, and you know the Astros' offense wasn't wasn't really getting a whole lot done either on on their end. Uh, four runs on seven hits, and three of the ro- those runs didn't come until extra innings. 
Um, going in, going into extras, it was a one-one ball game. It was a one-one ball game, uh, and for a minute there, it looked like the Strohs might have been able to pull it off. Um, top of the tenth, we get singles from Myers and Chaz, uh, and then a double from Yuli to go up three-one, three to one, uh, and then on the bottom of the tenth, Hector Neris gives up two runs. He's become, I think, probably the most shaky part of this bullpen. I think there was a moment there when it was Montero, and I mean, even and Mayton still has his issues, but Neris has Neris has been rough lately. Yeah, his last, I mean, two outings, you know, from Atlanta, and then yesterday at Minnesota, two innings in a third, five hits, three earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts. I mean, that's not the best yeah. of your supposedly setup, man. He's supposed right. to be the setup man, but I'm feeling more confident with Stanek Shabin in there, you know, eighth inning instead of Neris. Of course, I'm not the coach. Your coach is Dusty Baker. Of course, we know his decisions, what he does. But like you said, I mean, Neris is kind of getting up there too with Montero. Montero's starting to look like he's kind of figuring it out. Of course, it's going to take him a, you know, another game or two, but it's not yeah. looking good. And I, I honestly thought they were going to win it. I thought, you know, when they scored, well, they had multiple opportunities. They had, they had twice, because yeah. then again in the eleventh, they went up. They went up with with by a run. Yeah, so like I, I, you know, I was at the Rockies game. I was just looking at the scoreboard the whole time. I was like, oh, okay, we're up. We're you know three one, awesome. We're not going to be able to lose this game. We got you know Presley close it out, or you know, like you said, Naris too. I mean, how? Like how would that happen? And then we had to use Stanek. And a tough situation with the, you know, we both hate this little league shit of having a runner at second mm-hmm. with no outs. I hate it with the passion. That's the only rule I hate right now that Manfred still has. I, I can't stand it. But, um, you know, and even well, Stanek, you saw his frustration after, and, you know. And, and, you know, credit to Stanek. I mean, it's not like that was a bad pitch. It was a check swing double from mm-hmm. Matt Olson against the ship. He just it was a nothing, a nothing hit. Just there's happened to be nobody there uh, because of the shifts and like you can't really put that on Stan. I mean, like yeah, technically you can, but I don't know. It was one of those things where that may be kind of an outlier where I'm not really like, oh my god, the bullpen sucks. Um, <laughs> you know, and then he in- intentionally walks William Contreras, and then Travis Darno delivers the the walk off hit, and and that was that. So that was that was a frustrating game. Um, but like you said, that was that was the best game of the three, and and I, I'd I'd watch s- seven games of that intensity. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you said, that's that's a baseball that you're yeah. just you're just gonna get lucky at some ways, and what you know that's what happens now. It's just that's baseball. That's how it is. That's how the yeah. game, you know, that we love and grow, and you know, fortunately for Stanek, all these little. Weak hits and weak contact, and you know, obviously Olsen's check swing double. I mean, it hurts, and you can see the frustration if you've seen the video float around with Stanek getting off the mound, all pissed and saying, you know, hit an actual big league hit instead of him these little soft bloop contact swings, and you know, you see, you could tell the frustration. We love the energy that Stanek brings, right. and the frustration that he had shown. I mean, it, it sucks, but it's baseball, and you know. We live to find another game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, then going into game three, I mean, finally, look, everything good. Uh, offense kind of looked like it showed up. 
We obviously won the ball game 5-4. Five runs on 10 hits, including multi-hit days from, you know, a lot of the players. Dubon going two for five. Yuli two for four with an RBI. Jordan coming back from that scary, you know, moment on Friday night's game. He coming back and doing some damage, going two for five with two RBIs. Tucker staying hot right now, going two for five as well with an RBI. So everybody looked good. Unfortunately, Pena and Maldi combined 0 for 7 with six strikeouts. That's a hard pill to swallow right there. You know, six strikeouts with seven at-bats. That sucks. But, hey, Pena at least had a sack fly, obviously, getting an RBI. But, I mean, yeah, yeah the offense looked pretty good this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, all, all said and told, they they were there. Um, obviously, after the little incident Friday night with Jordan, it was good to see him going two for five with two RBI. Um, had a bases loaded situation, uh, smoked a single to the left field. So oh, overall, I, I was pleased. Again, we kind of had a bullpen issue uh, this time with, with with Presley. Uh, Montero strung together another another good performance, going one, two, three. Um, yeah, Presley, one inning pitch, two hits, two earned runs, one strikeout. I mean, it kind of got everybody. It's like it, it's like a bug working its way through the bullpen. I mean, really, no one has been unscathed. I think, <laughs> I think the pitcher who's probably been the best at, or given up at least given the least runs is Brian Abreu. No, I, was about I to really say, don't I, say it. I think don't he's the only it. one who who really has not gotten tagged up for a multi run a multi run inning lately. He's the only one. Um, yeah, yeah, he's been so, doing pretty well, like you said. So sucks for you as a Brian Abreu hater, but for me who appreciates Brian Abreu, <laughs> like I, I, I'm doing pretty well right now myself. Um, I, I don't care as long as we are winning. I could care less how <laughs> Brian Abreu does as long as he's helping this bullpen. That's all that matters to me. Yeah, and you know, like you said, that that with helps on the way and things are going to get a little bit better. Um, with the expanded rosters, at the very least, to give some of these guys a little bit of a rest. Um. And reduce that workload a little bit. Um, but overall, again, not a series that yeah, yeah, sure, the loss is disappointing. But really, when you think about it, all it is is helping the, the Braves get a little closer to the Mets. Like this isn't this didn't hurt us in the long run. We played uh, Altuve was out Sunday, Jordan was out Saturday. Actually, Sunday was kind of a one of those dusty, no will to win kind of lineups. Dubon batting lead off. Two days after leaving the game with injury. Um, I don't know. But they got the win and they got it done. And they were off on Monday, but are home. We got a little bit of a homestand. Uh, we've got the Twins, the Orioles. Then I can't really think further than that. Who's after that? Is it, is it the homestand or we go back on the road after the Orioles? Um, no, we got the Twins. Then we got the Orioles on um, for the weekend at home. And then... Another off day on Monday, which gives another, you know, day for the boys to relax. And we go up to Arlington to play two. And then another off day. I mean, that's that's miraculous that we have two off days in one week. Yeah. We and you're speaking on Monday of, and Thursday. Uh, there's, I think, four off days. The Astros have four or five days off in September. Just sweet. Yeah, they got... Uh, the first, the eighth, the twenty-sixth, the twenty-ninth. Correct. Now they play a couple, yeah. they play a couple they play a seventeen game stretch in the middle, but still I'll take four freaking off days. Yeah, the boys needed two with you know everybody pitching at a high rate, you know, bullpen 
as well, getting taxied a lot and giving up a lot of runs. Give them, you know, time to, you know, recuperate their arms, get their band work going, rest their arms, ice them, whatever you got to do to keep your arms fresh because it's going to be very important going to that last month of September, trying to clinch the division. Hopefully, you know, I don't even care at this point if we get the number one seed or not, which is pretty good, like you said, with Atlanta chasing the Mets. I, I think we're good too because the Yankees are three games back uh, behind us still. So, yeah, I think these off days are going to help the boys get better. And, you know, another off days for even uh, positional players, Altuve, yeah. dealing with some shoulder, you know, in, not injury, but like, you know, some little discomfort, I guess you could say. Jordan, of course, with his hand, Pena with uh, the wrist, Bregman with the hand, you know, just past injuries for these guys that have dealt with and, you know, just get them to relax their bodies, you know, be around with family as well. That could help and boost, you know, morals up in their um and their self-esteems and everything like that. So yeah, it's it's really well to see that we're getting enough off days, especially two days and you know in a week. Yeah. And you know, this this series with, with Minnesota opening the homestand is a great opportunity for the Astros to kind of gain some ground a little bit um against a team that is struggling to kind of figure out where they stand in, in, in the playoff system as well. Uh, they're coming in 62 and 59, two games back in the American League Central behind Cleveland. Uh, they're four and six in their last 10. They've lost four in a row, uh, including three or four to Texas. And then, of course, they lost the first game last night to the Astros. Um, but they're a team that could be – they could be their division champion or they could be out of the playoffs altogether – uh, based on how they perform over over the next few weeks, so this is a scrappy team, and it's it's very imperative that the Astros take care of business. And uh, yeah, currently they are four games out of the wild card, so you know it, it's kind of put up or shut up time for the Twins. And in last night's game, we kind of saw that maybe they're not a team that's fully built for the playoffs. Yeah, it's going against an ace. You know, pitcher and Justin Verlander, probably the favorite at this point to win the Cy Young Award. Um, it's a test for them to see how they play against a team like us. Obviously, we're the number right. one seed right now in the American lead. Um, you know, they got the players. They got Jorge Polanco was an all-star last year. Uh, Max Kepler hit 30 bombs, I believe, either in 2019 or 2021. He's a power hitter as well. Um, and then you got Byron Buxton. Carlos Correa, the number one and number two overall pick in 2012. Yeah, and we we can you we have, have the current you, Byron, create, you have the current batting champion, batting leader, and Luis Arise. Arise, yeah, Arise. yeah. Um, Bucks. I mean, when Buxton's healthy, dude. He we talked about this last time on the Minnesota preview back in um, whenever we played them. When he's healthy, he is scary. He is a he can honestly be an MVP. Uh, contender if he was healthy yeah. enough to play 162 or 150 ball games because he has everything he has the speed the defense the power the contact um the discipline i mean he has everything that you would want in a franchise player and obviously he had signed that big contract with minnesota um either this past year or last year for an extension so yeah i mean the biggest thing right now for them is health if they could get healthy bodies and you know like Correa too as well missed 25 games Buxton has missed 28 games 
Um, you know, Miguel Sano, Joe Urshela is not a bad player. Gary Sanchez, if he could stop striking out, which he loves to do since he was a Yankee mm-hmm. too. Um, this team could be dangerous. This team could obviously be dangerous, but um, they, they're just healthy. They just got to stay healthy at this point. Yeah, and like we saw last night, I mean, their their bats have the ability to put up seven runs in one inning off of Garrett Cole, or they have the potential to be no hit by Justin Verlander for six innings. Uh, and that was kind of the big story from, from Tuesday night's game is that Justin Verlander was remarkable. He came into the game with a 15-3 and record and a 1.95 ERA, and by the end, he had dropped it to a 1.87. Six innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. I think that's two off from a season high for JV. Um, he he looked like he was firing all, on all cylinders. The only base runner to reach was on a drop third strike. Um, I think that, that that's how they are uh, pass ball on a third strike. Um that was the only that was the only base runner. Uh, other than that, he, he looked great. He was pulled at the start of the seventh at 91 pitches. You think that was the right move, or should Dusty have let JV stay in and let it ride for a little bit? No, nah, I think that was the right move, honestly. Yeah, um, I think so too. you know, we need him to be healthy going into September. Um and getting, you know, his mind right for that postseason run that we're gonna make. And you know, we don't want to risk any injury either. Because obviously he's coming off Tommy John. Um, you got to think about his age too, being at 40 or 39, 40 years old. Um, so that comes into play when making these deci- uh, these decisions. And even during the game, Justin Verlander, uh, Maldonado, um, pitching coach as well, and Dusty had talked about, you know, okay, we're going to pull you with this and You have 91 pitches. You're cool with that. And JV just took it, you know. The yeah. best way as any way possible. I mean, he yes, certainly you didn't know, seem out- upset or, you know, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, that's the right move right there. And that's the correct uh, way to tell your manager, hey, that's cool with me. You know, I gave up six, you know, I gave six innings. And the biggest thing for him, I think that sucked is he had no hits. He had a no hitter still going. Mm. And for him to pull himself out of that situation, which he could have made history. But he wasn't selfish on his part as a team player right there. And it showed. Yeah. But going combined, his combined stats from his two starts against Minnesota, he has gone 14 innings pitch, one hit, no earned runs, two walks, and 15 strikeouts. Crazy. That is pretty nasty. And if we play Minnesota, I'm throwing Justin Verlander that first game, of course. I mean, I oh, think yeah. he's the ace, period, no matter what. But Going against Minnesota, especially, you know, you're putting him in there. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and he just looked vintage again. You know, we've talked before about how he's not that much of a strikeout pitcher anymore. That you know that he's you know he's more of a contact guy now. But he was striking him out last night. He had no issues uh, finding the strike zone again. Ten strikeouts. Uh, the third time this season hitting double digit strikeouts. He, he looked great. Um, bullpen not so much. Hector Neris had another rough outing. Uh, Stanett came in and gave up a hit, but got two strikeouts, whatever, no big deal. Lots of no-hit bid. We already have a combined no-hitter this year. Um, Who needs another one, right? Uh, Will Smith comes in in the right. seventh. <laughs> Will, Will Smith comes in, and in, in, sorry, into the eighth. Uh, puts runners on second and third with one out. 
Uh, and then Hector Neris comes in, gets a double play, and gets out of it. But coming back in for the ninth inning, uh, it's Neris, not Ryan Presley. Now, we found out after the game that Ryan Presley was dealing with some neck stiffness uh, that made him unavailable for Tuesday night's game. Um, but anyway, Neris comes back out to try to close out the game and gives him a walk, gets a strikeout. Single, single, strikeout, single. Two-run score on three hits, and suddenly uh, we're kind of in a, in a sweat zone. It's two to four, two outs. Nares doesn't have it, and, and, and enter Brian Abreu. Enter Brian Abreu. And what does Brian <laughs> Abreu want to do? As much as I dote on him, what's he want to do? Not throw strikes. He walks his first batter on like five pitches. Um Walks his first batter on five pitches, uh, and then he, he does he he gets the final out and it ends up not being that big of a deal. But still, this bullpen man, they're stressing me the hell out. Yeah, I mean that's the important thing. Walks like we've said, kill two. Um, it was kind of getting sticky over there in that ninth inning after you know obviously Nara's giving up back to back hits and then another hit, and then you're bringing in. Brian Abreu and I I think we I think the Astros community Twitter everybody in the stands was thinking why are we not putting um Brian Presley right well, obviously later on in the game I mean later on you know after the game we we figured out why and you know Brian Bray has been doing good like he, we just said he he has been doing pretty well for them this season uh, for us this season so when then he gave up that walk, I was like, uh, let's not have another meltdown, you know, in these ninth inning situations. I mean, we've been mm-hmm. having that for a while, all these extra innings. And it's kind of getting to, like you said, a frustrating point to see that the bullpen's starting to do this a little bit more. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of those things you just like, you got to just take it for what it is and, and hope that there's change in the future and that we're headed in, in a better direction. Uh, the good news is, though, that the Astros offense looked pretty solid. Four hits on tw- or four runs on 12 hits. Uh, we had a hit from everybody in the lineup except Martin Maldonado. Uh, Bregman staying hot as hell. Three for four with a two-run shot that really put it away. It ended up being the difference maker um, in, in the seventh. Uh, Mancini two for four with an RBI. Dubon one for four with an RBI. I overall pretty pretty pleasing performance from the offense. Yeah, the offense looked great. I mean, like you said, Bregman, Bregman was staying hot like he's been doing for a while now. Um, Tucker didn't have a big game, but obviously going one for four. Dubon got us started. Yeah, uh, Dubon got us started with that one for four uh, with the RBI. Um, everybody was in it, Shea Mancini as well. So, I mean, that's a great sign to see. Of course, Jose Altuve hasn't been getting into the things, but that's why we got, you know, after, you know, the, your leadoff hitter, you got two through nine. And obviously right. it showed right there. And, you know, it was great. 12 hits, four runs. Obviously we could have scored more to help Justin Verlander and the bullpen out. But overall, it did the job and we got the win. Yeah, and that, that's all that matters. That That is all that matters. And have two opportunities to secure this series um, and, and take it home. So tonight, the Astros will be playing 
the the Twins, we got Frommer on the mound. He's 12-4 and four with a 2.72 ERA. And Dylan Bundy is on the mound for, for the Twins. He, he is 7-5 and five with the 4.6 ERA. And what are we expecting from, from Framber Valdez? Oh, I'm expecting solid night for him. I mean, yeah. you're tied right now with 20 with Mike Scott of consecutive quality starts. I see a solid night for him going for that record and being, you know, the number one uh, pitcher in that in, the, in our franchise to have consecutive quality starts. And it hasn't been a while, too, with MLB. I think the last person was DeGrom going 26. So yeah. I think, you know, for Framber to it. continue beyond that way. I said he might be hunting it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And the, I think, you know, in that situation, I want that record. I want to pitch sure. my butt off to get the record and put my name, you know, in Astros history. And obviously that would be a great way to do it for, um, you know, for him and everything he's that he's gone through from, you know, I think he came up into the league in 2018. Um, of course, had his outings 2020. He looked really well. And then you know, just having to get his composure together, mentally prepared. And for him to have a season that he has been having this year, being, you know, a first-time All-Star, he looks like he's having fun out there. He built a church at the Dominican Republic, you know, giving back to his community as well. Everything has been really, you know, well for him. And God's, you know, he's had a plan and everything like that. So I think he's going to go for the record tomorrow. I mean, well, not tomorrow. Tonight, obviously. Um, I think he goes seven innings again. He'll probably give up maybe one run and only allow five hits. Yeah, obviously, hopefully seeing seeing a great night from, from Framber. Um, he'll be on the mound against Dylan Bundy. Uh, Bundy is one of those guys, he had a very rough first part of the year, rough first part of the summer. Uh, on July 31st, his ERA was 5.04. He's put together a couple of good outings and got it down to a 4.60. Uh, over his last two, he's gone ten and a third, four hits, one earned run. Uh, so he's dialed in. This isn't this isn't the Dylan Bundy who's getting hit, just getting hit around by the AL Central uh, earlier this summer. This is a guy who's who's been getting some outs and and keep reducing some offenses. So it'll be big for the bats to give Framber as much run support as possible in tonight's game. That should be the goal. As the the more support they give him, the easier they make his life. Um, Let's let's go hang it up on him. Yeah, like I said, I think he really deserves it this year. And, um, you know, to set the franchise record at home as well and from the home crowd, I think that would be a great thing. Great way for Framber to, uh, you know, pass Mike Scott. Absolutely. And then in game three on Thursday, I will go hopefully for the sweep. Well, Luis Garcia on the mound. He's ten and eight with a four oh nine ERA versus our old frenemy Chris Archer, two and six with a four point oh two ERA. And baseball aside, I think the biggest storyline going into Thursday's game is: Does Orbit hold a grudge? Is he going to renew his rivalry with former Tampa Bay Ray Chris Archer? Are you expecting any hijinks? I think it's coming back. We haven't seen Chris Archer so. here. In a while, so I would love to see that come back into play. Uh, I don't know if anybody's have seen, you know, him and uh, Archer and Orbit has had a feud with 
each other for a while. Anytime Chris Archer comes to Houston, they always fight. They always pick on each other and everything like that. And what water like, balloons, water guns, like yes, they, they've got everything crazy with it. Yeah, it looks like like Chris Archer's a little kid out there when he's with Orbit. But um, you know, yesterday I didn't see nothing um with Orbit and Chris Archer, anything like that. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. We don't know, but we'll just have to see when uh what happens at that point. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this is Orbit's house. Maybe he can get, maybe he can get, <laughs> he can get an Archer's dome. Um, Chris Archer is not the same guy though. He's not that same All Star from Tampa Bay. Um, since being traded, which God, common James Click fleece. Chris Archer traded to the Pirates in exchange for Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows. Um, back in back in 2018, 2019, or that was. Um. And he he just hasn't quite been the same yet. Um, he this season he's only had two scoreless starts, and he has yet to pitch into the sixth inning. Wow. Um. So you know, hopefully we can get after him. We can get after him early and put some runs on the board, uh, like we did last time we saw him back in May. Uh, when, when the Astros faced Archer in May, he was three innings pitched, five hits, five runs, four of them earned, three walks, two strikeouts, and a home run. Uh, if y'all remember, that was the first game of that doubleheader to get out of Minnesota. Um, back back on that road trip in May, I think that was that was in the middle of the win streak because we went to yeah we went to DC next. Yeah. Um. So hopefully get after him early. His last start against Texas, he went five and in, he went five innings, three hits, one earned run, and and got the L. Uh. So yeah, this is absolutely a pitcher that our guys are experienced against especially our veterans on the team back when seeing him in Tampa. And then of course, seeing him already once this year uh, would love to see one of those uh, 21 run games against the AL central. Yeah. We need another one like that, especially with Luis Garcia going on the mound. Of yeah. course he hasn't been having the best season so far. Obviously we've run his stats of, you know, per inning, how he goes, how his ERA goes, how he pitches very well. And, you know, this year hasn't been very successful for him. So I think the run support is going to be really needed for Garcia coming into this game. And especially Chris Archer, like we attacked in May. Why not do it again? Like you said, maybe give up another 21 runs like how the White Sox did. And, you know, I think it'll help, you know, boost Luis Garcia's confidence as well. I mean, that's the biggest thing I I want to see from this game is Luis Garcia pitching a better game instead of giving up three or four runs. And, you know, in his last outings, he's been doing that. It's been a trend of three or four runs each game. And I would like to see him not give up more than three. So I'm hoping for another, you know, not another, but a great bounce back game. Obviously I've been saying this every time Garcia comes and pitches. So, you know, not bounce back. Let's go with a solid out. How about that? So yeah, hopefully, Lu I, yeah, Luis Garcia just needs to pitch a very good game. Yeah, and you know, actually, that's probably a good point where we can just kind of uh, transition that into our Astros roundup because something you mentioned earlier was the Astros moving to a five-man rotation, and I think Garcia's start to uh, on Thursday night or Thursday afternoon is more or less going to be kind of his last chance to make a statement. Um, personally, I think. Well, I'll take it back. Let's talk about it. Who goes to the bullpen? So I think it could be Luis Garcia, but I think it's probably Christian Javier. And I hate that. I hate that so much. Me because too. 
he like we just said earlier, he's been after the All-Star break, he has a 1.50 ERA. That is pretty damn well. He pitched pretty good. I mean, he had the no-hitter against the Yankees. He was with obviously with the combined. He pitched against the Yankees again, still did phenomenal. He pitched against the Braves. Uh, that's a tough lineup from Ronald yeah. Acuna Jr. Dansby Swanson has been having a good season. Austin Riley hits the ball still pretty well. I mean, he's going against tough lineups. So I understand he is a long reliever. I un- I completely understand that, but I do not want to see him go into um back into the bullpen. Um, Jose Urquidy as well. He's four and zero after the All Star break with a two point five two ERA. He has fixed himself after the whole fiasco earlier in the year with him developing, I believe, the cutter. Mm-hmm. After he took out the cutter, he is a different pitcher, and he has shown it. He has shown it, and I don't even think he deserves to go back. If anybody, I think is Luis Garcia. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Lance McCullers Jr. I know people. Some people would think that. Some people won't think that nah, because obviously, that. yeah, obviously with you know coming back from injury and everything like that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see him going in the bullpen either. I. I firmly think, and I'm staying confident with this that I think it should be Luis Garcia. Maybe for him to get his con control better his command um you know everything like that i'm that's the biggest thing he could be a good two innings three innings guy but you know that's my opinion i think even on the radio they had said um maybe put christian javier then because you know obviously we had lance mccullers on that injury you put him that's that's why i that's why i think it's going to be javier because 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 of that right there I, I think yeah. that Javier makes sense. I think that's why they're going to do it. And to me, it makes sense, too, because like we've mentioned, rosters expand in a couple of days as well. So we're probably going to see Seth Martinez coming back. So having Christian Javier and Seth Martinez um, as options to rotate for a long or middle relief, you have a guy in Justin Verlander who's 39 coming off Tommy John, who at some point, like we're going to get more and more conservative uh, with his pitches and with his innings as we get closer to the postseason. We have Lance McCullers coming off injury, who we're going to be conservative with his pitches and his and his innings. Luis Garcia has shown the ability to get hit around. And yeah, while that may indicate bullpen, we also know from his splits and his advanced stats that his worst outing, the worst part of his outings, are his first time through the lineup. That's not exactly the guy you want um in your bullpen. So I think Javier does make a lot of sense on a lot of levels. And that's why that's, that's the move that I'm expecting the Astros uh, to announce. Yeah. And that, I mean, that hurts though, too, because we have talked about when Jake Odorizzi was pitching at a horrendous, you know, time, who was going to go. We all, everybody had said Christian Javier deserves a start right. and he has shown when you deserve it and you have shown and then you're going to be back in the bullpen, you, I mean, I understand too, but at the same time, if I'm that pitcher like Javier that has a 1.50 ERA and has a high whiff and strikeout rate, that kind of hurts. That sucks because like I said, he's been probably one of the best pitchers behind Verlander and Framber. 
I mean, it sucks. Right now, Garcia has a 3-3, 5.19 ERA after the All-Star break. Ooh. That is bad. And for, you know, I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying that he deserves to go back to Sugarland, you know, DFA, whatever people want to say, all that bullshit. No, he just needs to go back and get, you know, the mechanics. You got to get your mechanics right. Um, of course, the mental part comes into play. The confidence comes into play. All that stuff. It's it's the smallest little things. Baseball is a huge percentage of being mental. It's not physical. It is a mental game. And I think, right. you know, obviously, if he goes back to the bullpen, he could fix some things. That's where you, you know, kind of figure out, okay, what am I doing wrong? That's with all the technology that we have too, the analytics to see, you know, what's the problem? How can I make myself better? How can I make the, how can I help this team get better? And I think, you know, maybe make just putting that one game back into the bullpen or some games back just to see where he's at. Maybe he's a good place for it. Maybe he's not. I think, just giving him into that bullpen row because we've all we've all seen how Christian Javier does really well in the bullpen. Um, you know, we have we know we've seen it. And right now at the rate that he's at, right being a starter, I don't know. I it's kind of hard for me. I do agree too, he should go back into that relief role, but at the same time, I, I'm I'm staying firm. I think Christian Javier should stay in that starting rotation. Yeah, we'll see. I guess um, I think there's there's a lot of merit to every every way to look at it, but at the end of the day, it's gonna be give me Dusty's call. I'm gonna be an interesting one. How about Kyle Tucker and Alex Bregman? Man, okay, are there two hotter Astros on this team right now? No, no one's hotter than these guys right Ooh, now, and I, I think that's a great. You. That is a great thing because Big Daddy Bregman, you know, being the dad that he is, is finally hey, getting the, the way, things again. We were the first podcast on that. Y'all, y'all who've been here for a while, y'all dad know. strength. We've been we've been talking dad about that strength. since April. April. Anyway, yeah, over their last fifteen games, uh, Tucker's hitting three seventy three with three home runs, fifteen RBIs, nine extra base hits, and only nine strikeouts. He has as many extra base hits as he does strikeouts. Uh, and then Bregman over that same stretch is hitting 375 with six home runs, 18 RBIs, 13 extra base hits, and six strikeouts. So, I mean, these guys are just crushing the ball right now. Yeah, they're finding the groove of things. And I like it because we're looking at 19 um, MVP Bregman. He's yeah. hitting the ball pretty well. Kyle Tucker as well. He has this hitting streak. I can't, I, I don't know how many games now it was oh i know it's over 10 it could be over 15 but he's been hitting the ball pretty well but bregman i think he has to be the favorite getting that august player of the month he is batting 378 with a ob on base percentage of 453 slugging 730 ops 1.183 i mean that is sexy six home runs Damn. 19 rbis 10 walks only eight strikeouts 28 hits i mean this guy is hitting the ball pretty damn well ever since becoming a dad. And even after the all-star break, he's been batting 339 with a 402, 653, and a 1.055 OPS. So, I mean, right now, Bregman is hitting really well. Tucker's hitting well. That That's your four and five. Yeah, That is pretty damn good. And especially with Alvarez not hitting right now, which that is okay with me because, you know, your hitters are going to go through some slumps. 
like we said, it's 162 games in a year for, you know, a major league team. So, you know, for him to kind of get it, if he could figure it out before October, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm not tripping. Same thing as Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve is a veteran. Obviously, we see these little hot coach stints that he gets. I'm fine by that, too. So, I mean, these guys are fine the group of things, and I, I'm liking it right now where we're seeing Bregman and Tucker um, as they stand. Yeah, there we're, we're if we want yeah, to make a deep run. We're going to need both of those guys. And eventually, I mean, like you said, Jordan will get back up. Altuve, we know who he is and what he's about. Uh, but having those two guys is huge. So in other news from down under in the minor leagues, uh, remember a couple weeks ago we had some concerning news update. Uh, first round draft pick Drew Gilbert had a, sustained an injury, crashing into a wall uh, in a game in High A Fayetteville. Um, he had to leave the game on a stretcher. I uh, didn't know much until recently. It uh, turns out he dislocated his shoulder, which was which then uh, spontaneously was put back in place, is the way they phrased it. Uh, he's out for the rest of the season, kind of as I think mostly as a precaution, uh, but he'll be ready to go for spring training. So there is a silver lining there. Yeah, I think that was a good right move for them just to protect that. It could be a future, you know, all star player that we have in Drew Gilbert. I mean, he's been slashing the ball in Florida coastly and then going to Fayetteville pretty, you know, hitting pretty well. So I think that was a good, you know, precaution to just take him out for the whole year get his shoulder yeah. ready and to play, um, you know, rehab on that shoulder and get ready for spring training. Yeah. For, yeah, it, it's totally understandable, you know, doing the right thing. Cause like we said before, he's going to be a guy that rises quickly. And, and, and as you said, could be an all-star. Um, the space Cowboys are slugging lately. They are tearing the cover off the ball. Uh, Friday night, they put together a minor league baseball record, 17 run inning. 17 runs in a half inning that lasted almost an hour just for one half inning. Um, 23 batters went to the plate, 10 hits, nine walks. Uh, Johnny Diaz had a three run home run. Alex Tagati had a five run uh, at five RBIs in one inning. Uh, so pretty crazy night for, for the Space Cowboys. Uh, and then again, last night they won 23 to eight. Uh, they hit, I think, nine home runs as a team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. JJ Marijevic had a home run. Corey Lee had three home runs. Johnny Diaz had two home runs. Lewis Brinson also had two home runs. And Corey Jolts had a home run as well. So, I mean, those, those Space Cowboys can hit the damn ball. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's the ball or if it's the power that these boys are doing. I don't know what they're feeding over there in Sugarland. They might need to bring that up to um, you know, the Astros Clubhouse. I don't know no if it's you know, you know how Space Jam has that um yeah, you know, Bugs Bunny stuff. Michael's you know, Michael's secret sauce. Michael's yeah, secret yeah. Basically we need something like that in, in the Astros Clubhouse. I don't know. Maybe get these boys to hit some home runs like these guys in Sugarland or bring them baseballs up that Manfred had sent down there. So yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a positive side. JJ Marievich, you know, that's a cornerstone in our our in our organization. It's gonna be that first base, future first baseman, maybe. Uh Corey Lee, obviously, the catcher we believe Yanier Diaz could be first base or catcher. So it, it's good to see that these guys are raking the ball still in Sugarland. Without a doubt. And you know, this is the 29th ranked farm system. Well, I, I think I might be yeah, okay it's crazy. With that. 
that might yeah, be okay that is, with it. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up with around the league, and I think the most interesting news story that's going to be fun to track uh, for the month of September is Albert Pujols. He is chasing down uh, 700 home runs. We, we, when we talked about this last week, it was really more of kind of a pipe dream. Uh, I think we've even mentioned it a couple times before, but he's hit six home runs in his last seven games. He's no, currently man. sitting at 693 home runs. Four more home runs to pass Alex Rodriguez uh, and become number four on the all-time list. And, of course, only seven away from um, that 700 mark, which only three batters have ever done, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and and the Babe, Babe Ruth. Uh, so Pujols could could etch his name in the history books big time. Um, I think that's going to like – my dad always talks about, you know, the summer of – 98 99 98 you know, yeah 98 you know, McGuire McGuire versus Sosa. Sosa. um mm-hmm. you know just tracking the home run battle and like that's how we are tracking this old man's this old man's bombs he's cranking out of Wrigley and whatever um no one's not yeah. even caring about Aaron Judge either that's the <laughs> no. funny thing too everybody is number 47 is, the other night and no one cared yeah everybody's eyes on set is on Albert Pujols and it should be because this guy is a first battle Hall of Famer, especially. Oh, you know what's that. funny right now? You know what's funny right now? After the All-Star break, after the home run derby that he was in, and, you know, breaking Kyle Schwarber's dreams in the first round, and then obviously getting knocked out, after the All-Star break, 57 at-bats, 25 are hits, 4 doubles, 8 home runs, 18 RBIs. Damn. Four, 439 batting average. 492 on base percentage, 930 slugging, and a 1.422 OPS. Holy shit. He is on fire right now. He is looking at the ball like if he's playing, you know, flashback Fridays with uh, St. Louis back in 04, 05, you know, them good old days that, you know, the baseball still landing somewhere in space, wherever he had Brad Brad Lidge's, you know, home run. But, I mean – Kudos to him that he's still showing it. I would love to see him continue after 700, maybe reach that uh, 713 plateau, passing up the babe. He'd but, have to play know, another season. And I don't he know, has I don't to. Think that's gonna I know. Happen. I, know I don't think I know. it's going to happen. It'd be cool, he's though. Done. You know, you know, after passing 713, you know, being 714, like, hey, okay, I'm going to retire, do my current call and everything like that. You know, pass out a bat, pass out some cleats, pass out a hat, and, you know, bam. That's how I knock out my you know career but yeah i think I mean, something close, like that yeah. if he can get the 700 um that would that would be electric that would just in i whoever the hell is playing them the last series throw that man some meatballs just just Please. throw him some meatballs let it happen uh he, he's he's been one of the best to play the game and 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 would love to see him make that milestone um and behind pools the cardinals are hot they're nine and one over their last 10 and they've opened up a five game lead uh in the nl central over the brewers um so hopefully may, may, or hopefully for them maybe they're on their way to locking up that division and getting a little bit of a clear playoff picture uh, in the national league um also in the national league playoff picture the Dodgers are up to a 19 game lead in their division 19 19 wow and it is august 25th 23rd whatever it is yeah i mean that's crazy but you know the dodgers are they have one of the best lineups period they're insane yeah you know we can't say 
we're not being biased or unbiased about it. It's just the truth. It's they're a good team. And it shows right there with the record. They got MVPs like we've have talked about earlier. You know, it, it happens. So obviously their test is gonna come when everybody's zero zero in the playoffs. And same thing with us in Houston. I mean, obviously we're the best team in the American League, but when it comes to playoff time, anything could happen. Just ask the Washington Nationals in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, and the the Dodgers, though, did get some unfortunate news with Walker Bueller officially having to uh, get his second Tommy John surgery. Um, Because it's the second one, recovery is going to take a little longer, and he's likely to miss all of next season as well. That's that's a tough break uh, for for L.A. Yeah, that hurts, but they got Dustin May coming back. They got, um, you know, Julio Urias is still pitching pretty well for them. Tony Gosselin. Uh, of course, Glenn Kershaw, he could do what he could do. I mean, these guys are set still with pitching. But, um, yeah, it's really unfortunate for them to lose a, you know, pretty good damn pitcher in Walker Buehler. But, yeah, it, it sucks. It happens. Yeah, and then as far as the rest of the playoff picture goes, the Yankees dropped three or four to Toronto uh, as part of their skid, but then they swept the Subway Series Part 2 against the Mets. Uh, so currently, as it's sitting in the American League East, in the American League East, Tampa Bay is eight games back from the Yankees, and the Blue Jays are eight and a half games back. Uh, but in the NL East, it's getting more and more interesting. Uh, the Braves are now two games back from the Mets. Uh, again, after the Mets dropped those back-to-back games against the Yankees. And that series could come right down to the wire. I think they play each other the final week of the season. Um, so it it could it could come right down to it, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting, and you know when it it just comes into play right there. I don't know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen too. We've seen the Yankees fall off right now. Uh, Toronto's trying to come back up. They could still come back up. We still got about forty yeah. or just under forty games left in the season. Anything can happen. The Mets, too. Same thing. I mean, they got two of the best starting pitchers in the league with DeGrom and Scherzer, and look what happened with the Yankees. They both, uh, you know, lost their starts. So anything could happen in this league. It's it's going to be a wild, fun September, you know, early October kind of thing. So can't wait. Yeah, it, it's going to be nuts. This, I, I really think this September and this postseason are going to be one to remember. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the new postseason format. I really am. Um, I, I think I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and then yeah. final final little piece of news, according to Jeff Passan today, the Angels owner Art Moreno says that he is exploring selling the team. He's exploring selling the team. They are the 30th ranked farm system in Major League Baseball. They've produced two of the biggest superstars of the last decade. And haven't won anything for it. I mean, it, who's buying? Who, who's buying the Angels? I don't know. I mean, like I, even a relocation could be a possibility too. I wouldn't even see think? why not. It. I mean, the California Angels—that's one of the you know uniquest parts of their history. Being you know, you've seen the Angels logo. They went from Los Angeles Angels right. of Anaheim, California Angels, which I think they should just stayed right there with California, but. It happens, oh, I but so I don't know who would buy this team. Um, I just I don't know, especially what they're looking at and how rough they are. 
So what I found interesting too, what Jeff Passan was saying, um, he had said the fallout from Art Moreno selling the Angels would be monumental. He says one opens the door to a Shohei Otani trade or a record-setting extension. Two, with enormous revenues, Angels still have never had a payroll over one eighty-three million. That'll wow. change. And then three, MLB's most hands-on owner is gone. And then what I found so crazy, and SportsCenter had had it um, last night, they have notable contracts signed you know, by Art Moreno in 2011 with C.J. Wilson going five years, 77.5 million. This was a pit, this was a ace star pitcher um, that the Texas Rangers had. And obviously he signed with the, the Angels. 2017, Justin Upton was having a pretty good year. I believe he was either with, man, it was either Tampa Bay or Atlanta. He was hitting he pretty was well. with Atlanta. Yeah. Five years, 106 million. Josh Hamilton, 2012. We all know how Josh Hamilton hit. Five years, 125 million. Albert Pujols, after, you know, his tenure in St. Louis. This in 2011, Pujols, 10 years, 240 million. Right now, Anthony Rendon, after that World Series win, signed with the Angels, 2019, seven years, 245 million. And then, of course, one of the biggest of them all is Mike Trout as well in 19, signing 12 years, 426.5 million. These are some big contracts right here. And then CJ Wilson not even being able to stay healthy and be the ace that he was in Texas. Justin up the same thing with Atlanta. Josh Hamilton, after he left Texas too, he just couldn't figured anything out in uh Anaheim Albert Pujols as well you know won two rings or three rings with St. Louis came here he really didn't get didn't give a shit Anthony Rendon battling injuries right now and then Mike Trout that's probably their best player besides Shohei Otani that's been trying to get this team into the postseason but obviously they've only I think he's only been in the postseason only once I yeah, would think I think so, yeah, I mean, if I'm Mike Trout, I'm pretty frustrated. I, you cannot oh, settle. You cannot be settled as the best player in Major League Baseball for what? How many years he's won three MVPs, and not have a saying in things. And that you know, we give a lot of shit to Crane for not signing, you know, Springer or Correa. But when players want to, you know, speak up and say something, Crane's all ears, and he will help, you know, make the team better and do whatever it takes to try to bring a trophy back to Houston. Yeah. On the other hand, this owner, dog shit. I mean, it's crazy because you had Oakland already thinking about selling and moving and relocating. And that's an AL West team. Now we're looking at another AL West, uh, AL West team in Los Angeles, uh, Angels of Anaheim. Same thing. Now they're going to be sold. We just had Texas Rangers, um, you know, warning to the West bullshit tweet. Um, signing <laughs> half a billion dollars mm. of contract and John Gray, uh, Marcus Simeon, and Corey Seager. And look how that's going for them. They just fired yeah. Chris Woodward and then uh, Josh Daniels. And then, of course, you know, Seattle hasn't even been to the postseason in 20 something freaking years, longest in MLB. I think even in actual, you know, major sports organizations' history. So, Astros, I mean, we're pretty damn good. I mean, from being not the best, losing three consecutive 100 loss seasons, and you know, I think we had the worst friend 
Not, well, yeah, we've had the worst franchise record, obviously, in losses and maybe in MLB history, but I don't think so. So don't quote me on that. But it feels good to be a Nationals fan seeing, you know, everything look like a dumpster fire for every organization in this AL West. Yeah, I mean, to me, the <laughs> between between that and like we were just talking about the guys we have at Sugarland right now, the the championship window ain't closing anytime soon. Yeah, and it's gonna run through us for maybe you know another two, three, four years from now. So I, I'm pretty ecstatic about that. And like I said, it, it sucks for where Mike Trout said, but Mike Trout said he doesn't want to leave. Shohei Otani even said he wouldn't doesn't want to leave. I don't know what's up with these guys that want to stay over there. Is it because of the kids with Disneyland right there and obviously the no beach kidding. right there? I don't know. It, it it's not. It sucks to be an Angels fan right now. I would say. Yeah, it you got to be frustrated as a fan of that team because like like two of the I mean Shohei Otani, Mike Trout are the biggest superstars of the last decade, and they have nothing no to show for it. Nothing to show for it. Yeah, anyway, it's pretty bad. Anyway, that is our show for today. We thank you guys for being here. We'll be back with you on Friday morning to preview the Baltimore Orioles coming to town. An interesting. Baltimore Orioles team. They're not the Orioles that we've known them as uh, in their recent past. Yeah, this is a big scrappy team right there. They've been yeah, they pretty are. hot ever since. Ali, scrappy. Yeah, Ali Rush, yeah, Ali Rushman ever since he's came into the league. I mean, this team looks very different. I mean, they still got young stars in Mountcastle, uh, Austin Hayes, uh, Cedric Mullins, you know, of course not his 30 for 30 self like he was last year, but still have an impact on this team i mean these guys are very dangerous and they're in the wild card hunt so mike elias you know former astros um you know front office member i mean he's having everything figured out over there for the baltimore orioles so it's going to be fun for them being and then plus they're the number one ranked farm system too coming into uh going to go into 2023 so it's crazy how we're going to see them and see you know even trey mancini gets to see his new uh old friends Yeah, it's going to be a great series, but thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you later. Yeah, don't forget, follow us, Twitter. Um, Yeah, we'll see my head, obviously, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well. And, of course, we have our giveaway. So if we haven't said it now, we will be saying it later. So tune in. Yep. See you guys. See you guys.